morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We've got all Monday's action from the Orlando bubble at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm your host, Dave Dufour, and I'm reunited with my man, Trayvon Edwards. What's up, Trey? What's going on, Dave? You know, it's not a Daily Ding if it isn't bad basketball with us on. It was definitely one of those days. Brian Smith's over there pushing buttons, making sure we sound good. Coming up on today's show, TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler sort of squared off. The Lakers win on a buzzer beater from Kyle Kuzma. But first, ladies and gentlemen, the Suns are still shining. The Suns beat the Thunder 128-101. to They are now 6-0, Trey. Just unbelievable performance by them in the bubble so far. What do you think? And switches flip right when they needed to happen, especially in this dire need. They're playing for something. It gives them some type of playoff feel, playing meaningful basketball. This is the longest streak since 2014. And, you know, obviously, despite things being against him early on in this game, DeAndre Ayton had to show up late because of a COVID test. You know, he made it in time, and I felt like his teammates bailed him out. The emergence of the Suns, though, has to be campaign. And the Bulldog basically you know, at this point, playing really, really aggressive defense and giving Devin Booker and the rest of the guys breaks and picking up the slack. And then also with OKC, I thought this was just a gimme game for Phoenix because they're in a draft pick pickle for a flip coin on Friday. I think that they're trying to bait in that situation. You mentioned Aiton, you know, he missed the COVID test. He's not the first guy in the bubble, by the way, to miss the COVID test. I thought Monty Williams, you know, and again, this is an example of of Monty Williams just being the kind of leader that the Suns have not had in, in a long time. You know, he pointed out, we all make mistakes, everybody's human, and that the team didn't hold it against him. And, he, you know, he missed the first quarter, and it was fine. He winds up playing 17 minutes in this game and was plus 22. That's pretty good. I, I think DeAndre Ayton is a pretty good player. He's super important for this team. So, you know, I completely understand Monty saying, you know what, we all make mistakes, we just got to move on because they actually do need him too. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Why why cut off your nose to spite your face? Yeah, I think it, it falls back on trust. You know what I mean? Like early on he got the suspension having to tell Monty and Monty's just not like really kind of scolding him for it, but kind of giving him tough love and guiding him through it the entire time. I think that really helps. And their relationship is really tight. And I think that remained the same with this situation that – Although there's accountability, and I think that when he got in the game, he showed it that, you know, he really wanted this win. And I think that with them all playing great together, you know, the sky's the limit. And it would be a magical story for them to make a run and and notch the eighth spot. It's been fun to watch. It's been a great story for the Bubble Boys. Yeah. Devin Booker had another ridiculous game, 35 points. Hit the logo three that I didn't even really know was kind of in his bag of tricks. I mean, it just continues this run he's on. You're in Phoenix. You see this team when we're allowed to go to games. You see this team, you know, at home every night. Is this a different Devin Booker or or have we not been paying attention? I think America hasn't been paying attention. The world has been sleeping on Devin Booker. This is a guy who comes in, doesn't get out of character, doesn't go from what his routine works on the same shots. Logo Booker was very new because he doesn't work on that. But I was glad to see it because I want him to add that to his game. He like hugs the line a lot and is very good inside and outside with shooting. So to see him make a shot like that made me crack a smile. But overall, like 
he sacrificed his game a lot. Well, he deferred to his teammates and trusted them a little bit and then also picked up his defense this season. And I think that all goes to, you know, uh, Monty Williams challenging him early on when he took the job and saying, like, just trust me, I'm going to make you an all-star. Devin Booker is an all-star this year. And now they're playing exceptional basketball, amazing basketball. So Draymond Green, I think that you need to keep your comments to yourself and keep Booker in Phoenix. Yeah, the other two guys in that core four, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, both had 18. This team, you know, they're extremely young. They're really fun, especially here in the bubble. And we talked about this a little bit on on Buds yesterday. I hope that they have some carryover into next season. Whether they make the playoffs or not, this has been a great story. And you have to think that this month, and, and maybe even a little bit more if they wind up making the playoffs, but this month has probably been a as important for their development and future going forward as the entire season that they had played up to that point. And speaking of future, Oklahoma City, they were without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, Nerlens Noel, and Dennis Schroeder, who's still out of the bubble. His wife you know, had a baby, and so he's home dealing with that. But Darius Basley has looked pretty good. He put up another 20-point game, 22 points, 10 rebounds, back-to-back 2010 games. Do you think Basley has worked himself into the rotation? I mean, we don't know when Schroeder's coming back. He may not be back for the first round of the playoffs. You know, He's still going to have to do the quarantine. I do believe he is being tested daily. But it is undeniable that Basley has been good for them and offers them some versatility as a big wing that they just they just don't have. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. I mean, you know, you look at it, and I'm so confused right now with how Chris Paul is the most loved player right now. Isn't and that funny? Also, I mean, it's great. It's great. I love it. Because he's, he's been pretty good for years, but obviously – you know, everyone picks on him for, you know, obviously being a high IQ basketball player and doing whatever it takes to win. It can be a tad bit annoying, but man, this Thunder team is fun. I mean, obviously, you know, guys are out for this past game, but when they get it rolling and they're they're playing well, like I didn't see this coming. I mean, I, I knew that Chris Paul was going, not going to pack it in just because he wants to win and getting guys like SGA to buy in and, and, and Danilo playing well. Danilo was a good trade piece um, during February and they held on to him and made all the right choices. So, you know, Billy Donovan is doing a hell of a job, man. And I, I'm shocked that he, he didn't get a, you know, a nom for um, coach of the year. Clearly the Thunder are in get to the playoffs healthy mode. And as we could tell by how many guys missed tonight, but the Suns, you know, they've got a back-to-back. They're playing tomorrow. They, they've they got the Sixers tomorrow who are not going to have Joel Embiid, which leads me right into our news. Joel Embiid's ankle injury, not considered serious. He's day-to-day. That's good news for the Sixers who need some. They got, I guess, more good news, but on the heels of bad news. Ben Simmons had successful arthroscopic surgery on his injured left knee to remove those loose bodies that we were talking about yesterday, likely ending his season. So they're going to have Embiid for the playoffs, they think, but Ben Simmons most likely done for, for the rest of the playoffs. How much do you think that that's going to contribute to to Philly losing in the playoffs? Oh, it, it contributes to a lot. <laughs> to a lot, man. Yeah, I think they're a much worse team without Ben Simmons. His defense, versatility, the way he pushes the ball in transition, I actually think that the fits with him and Embiid – this year had as much to do with Horford and not having Shake Milton as it did with the fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot threes. I, I do think they're a worse team 
I mean, and that's a no brainer, right? Like, of course, they're a worse team without one of their best players. I just don't think it worked from the jump anyway. I thought one of the guys needed to be moved, but some other people felt like Brett Brown was the issue. It's a problem that never will be solved, obviously. I just don't think that offense really complements each other, you know, in the situation. And I, I like the idea that they were using Simmons at the uh, at the four for a little bit and spreading him with with, with Horford, but I, I just don't know. I don't I don't really know what, what you can really take from it. And now losing Ben, and then obviously Embiid is good to go, but he'll be sitting out obviously to rest and going into the playoffs. But it's a wasted year because, you know, like they have high expectations and I don't know how long this team sticks around before they blow it up. You know, a little bit of uh, bad news. Uh, Terrence Ross has had to leave the bubble due to a non-COVID related medical matter. Uh, he will be tested while he's outside of the bubble and will then have to do the short quarantine as long as he has only negative tests while he's outside the bubble. Bad news for Orlando if he can't make it back in time for the first round of the playoffs. Good news for the Clippers. Montrez Harrell has finally arrived to the bubble, and I feel like they could use him. Trey, how is he going to help them once the playoffs roll around? Hell, is he going to be in shape? Oh, yeah, I'm sure Trez was doing a bunch of stuff, you know, even though, you know, he was in mourning, but he's truly missed. Lou Williams was truly missed. Anytime you can get your full team back, I think that that makes you more stronger. And I felt like they lost their dog, like they lost their backbone, you know, like that's like the Warriors having Draymond Green out. They're not the same team, you know what I mean, mask-wise. But defensively, sometimes Trez is a liability, but on offense, man, he's a workhorse. He's not letting any... Any blobs get away. He's getting, you know what I mean, like any loose balls. He's putting everything back. He's garbage man and eating with his hands. So um, to get him back, I think that gives, that restores the Clippers' identity of the underdog. But Paul George might have put too much dip on on his chip. So we'll see. All four teams that are competing for the play-in spot have games tonight. Memphis has a half-game lead on the Blazers for the eighth seed and a full game on the Spurs and now the Suns. So all all four teams have played six games. They've got two games left. They're playing Tuesday night and Thursday night. Trey, this feels like it's going to come down to Thursday. It, it just feels like it has to at this point. Oh, yeah, man. There's so much drama in NBA right now. Like, for one, Chris, Chris Haynes reporting about after you're eliminated, you have to leave immediately. Like, I, I love that. That was great. That was real AAU style, but like, the West, man, the West has become so fun. Obviously, some teams that you you had picked, like everyone wanted to create this whole conspiracy of the, the Pelicans being, you know, easy schedule and, and being shooed in. Well, they're out. And then now you get, you know, the beautiful story of the Suns all of a sudden still having some type of hope. Yeah, it's getting close. I mean, I personally would love to see a Portland-Los Angeles Lakers first round matchup just because Portland's healthy. The emergence of Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony being a fourth option, and then also just Dame and CJ really getting after it. Don't forget Nurk. Nurk looks great. Well, yeah, that's why I got I got Nurk as Nurk is a third option, and then you got Zach Collins, and and you can go down the line because they got bigs for days. Um, they got bodies to throw, and I think that they can really compete. You know, at least challenge them to make you know kind of tire them out, but. I don't see Portland upsetting them, but it, it would be a fun series, you know, versus anybody else matching up with them. We'll get back to the show. Now a word from our sponsors. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer body? The beaches are opening. The sun is shining. 
and the bushes have to be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They've forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You can also adjust the settings on the lawnmower to get a link that you like and stay on top of it with almost no effort whatsoever. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They are fantastic. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Now a quick word from Indochino. In what we thought was going to be the game of the night, the Heat defeated the Pacers 114-92. Trey, all right, this was supposed to be the TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler heavyweight showdown. I mean, and it started out that way. I mean, Jimmy got subbed out of the game. He saw TJ Warren coming back in. He ran to the scorer's table. Jimmy was guarding TJ the entire time. TJ was mostly guarding somebody else. I mean, he, he was guarding uh, Jay Crowder at, at one point. I think he was on BAM for a little bit. You could tell that Jimmy was out there trying to make a point, but I thought the Pacers really were playing coy about that matchup and not really showing their hands. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I just think that, we all forget as fans, we like to hype up the individual matchups, but it's a team game. You know, to be fair, like like I said, it's a cool story. TJ Warren has always been a bucket. He can get he can get buckets, but he wasn't making shots early on. And I thought that Jimmy played good defense, you know, to to credit him. But we'll see in the playoffs when it really matters. I don't see TJ Warren taking this game to an extreme or beating himself up about it, but I do think that he'll be more prepared and seeing what what adjustments they made because although Jimmy Butler played individual defense, there were some team adjustments for it too. They wasn't just about to let TJ Warren go off for 30 and 40. And I think that's what casual fans don't understand sometimes is that you can go off for 50. And now as a fan, you want the next player to like return and score 50 again. And it's like, nope, I seen you the night before. We're going to make these adjustments. And now the other team, you know, the other players have to step up and, you know, Everybody's kind of hopped on TJ Warren's back to lead the rally. And when they don't shoot well, they're they're a bad basketball team. So it wasn't even close. Um, it was a good win for the Heat. Nothing crazy. Jimmy Butler didn't give any media. He ended up uploading a post on Instagram of him dancing, saying mood. But I love it. Hopefully we really get to see this matchup and, and, and it has an aggressive storyline. Yeah, and this is probably going to be our first round playoff matchup in the Eastern Conference. So neither team was playing heavy minutes. Drogic actually got the start because Kendrick Nunn left the bubble. He had 11 points, nine assists. I've been pushing for Drogic 
to be moved into the starting lineup, but I completely understand Spo wanted to bring him off the bench. Speaking of off the bench, they got great production from Derek Jones Jr., who finally had a really nice game, 18 points off the bench. Tyler Hero, 17 points off the bench. I've been concerned that that Derek Jones might be out of the rotation for the playoffs, but you know if he can come in and be an energy guy who just gets kind of the dirty buckets for them, I think he's got a spot in the rotation for them in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like next man up, honestly. That's, I exactly. think that's just higher roles. I don't think anybody is uh, saying like, hey, this is my spot's reserved. I think, you know, it's even with guys just on you know, any team rotating out of the bubble or getting hurt, guys are professionals and they're, they're trying their best to do what they're going to do. And you also can tell since the downtime due to COVID-19 that who's been working on the game and who hasn't. And a lot of guys elevated their game. In the game that actually wound up being the game of the night, the Lakers defeat the Nuggets 124-121 to on a Kyle Kuzma three with .4 seconds left. Trey, walk me through that final play. It was a sideline out of bounds. LeBron is the inbounder. Anthony Davis has got the post up. And then what happens? At the end, right, after the screen, Bobo and Miles Plumlee both follow the screener instead of basically communicating and locating the man. The loose man was Kyle Kuzma, who actually, even if he lags, he has an elbow jumper. But he followed through with the play, didn't realize he was that open. He had about two seconds of breathing room to catch and shoot, got his feet squared up, knocked it down. Frank Vogel said he got that play from Mike Budenholzer, and it was a play ran for uh, Kyle Korver and uh, Paul Millsap. And that, that, that after-the-timeout call was just the chef's kiss because obviously everybody in the building thought that LeBron or AD was going to touch the rock. And it just, man, Kyle was just wide open. But he, he made a quote. It says, I think Jesus could be in front of me and I would have probably still shoot that ball despite Bobo's reach. And to be fair, Jesus was 33 and 5'5". And notoriously bad at defense. Kyle Kuzma had a really fantastic game. I mean, you know, the the buzzer beater aside, I thought this was a really important game for Kuzma, especially going into the bubble, because that is a guy that they need to play like he did tonight. I mean, 25 points was three of five from three, which is very important for them that he's hitting shots. He got all those threes. They were just in the flow. And, And I think that when Kuzma is able to do that sort of fit in, not fit out thing, that's when he's at his best. And also, I think defensively, he looked better tonight than he than he did, you know, last week. So clearly starting to round into shape. The guy I'm starting to get worried about, and, and Trey, like, listen, LeBron has one of the greatest track records in NBA history. So I'm not questioning whether LeBron is a great player. I'm worried that LeBron is actually hurt. He had 29 and 12 tonight assists. He only had one rebound. He was minus 10 for the game in 38 minutes, but he just didn't look right. And he hasn't yet in the bubble. Are you at all worried about LeBron? I think LeBron's going to do what the best LeBron can do for himself. We have to acknowledge that no one's superhero. No one's a superhero, but also those stats were still solid. You know what I mean? Like any bad night, a a player's praying for that. You know what I mean? I think that the expectations are for LeBron is just higher than most players. Yes, he's sometimes running gingerly. I think that he is banged up. I do think that he needs rest, but he doesn't want to take rest because he can't, He knows he can't afford to. Can his team be led by an Anthony Davis if LeBron does go down or has to be 
rested a bit a bit longer than he should. You know, it's a lot of miles on LeBron, man. He he hasn't had too many summers off. So, like I said, I I, I won't call him the Wash King as he self proclaims. I do think that he still has a lot in the tank, but he has to be mindful. I've seen the Lakers use him in the low posts, which they rarely do, and I thought it it was ran pretty well. Um, I think you mentioned that their offense hasn't been great in the bubble, and they've kind of slacked off since you know, beating Milwaukee and LA before uh, COVID-19. And now they're just trying to pick and choose. And I think other guys are stepping up, but they have to do a little bit more because teams are getting refreshed. And I'm not going to be naive and not and, and, and say that the Lakers aren't not going to flip another gear. I do believe that. So until something else happens, I, I think that I'm going to trust and say they flip a playoff gear. I want to note that the majority of the third quarter and the fourth quarter were played by Denver Reserve, some of whom are not even going to be in the playoff rotation. And the Lakers came into this game with the worst offense in the restart. Tonight, they were much better offensively. Anthony Davis looked really good, I thought. He was being very aggressive, trying to get to the free throw line, trying to score, and that's important for them, especially if LeBron doesn't have it going. And I know that sounds crazy to say for a guy who put up 29 points. The three ball looked good tonight from LeBron. It's the other stuff. It's, you know... It's just everything's not as crisp as we're used to with LeBron. The passing is all slightly off. And and I think it's this groin. And, and it's going to be something that I'm going to watch very closely in their remaining games and in the first round of the playoffs. Because I'm not worried that you know the Lakers are going to get upset by Portland or someone like that. But I am worried about the teams that can actually put pressure on them and can hang with them and defend, you know, like the Nuggets or, you know, maybe even the Rockets to a certain degree, although I'm way less worried about the Rockets with the Lakers than other people are. But I do want to talk about the Nuggets just just briefly because they did play a lot of their bench guys. What did you think about Monte Morris tonight? He's going to be getting big minutes in the playoffs. I think he stepped up quite a bit, and, and that guy's not scared of anything. He's been battle-tested for a while. You know, he's had plenty of opportunities to get some playing time, starting minutes, play valuable minutes in the game and and finish games out. So I'm not surprised here between him and P.J. Dozier. They were zipping through the Lakers defense and they're going to find those gaps and get those reps in. And I thought this game was really good, a good learning piece for them because he he missed a key free throw that probably would have not resulted in, in Kuzma's, you know, ATO. But overall, like, you know, with Murray's health being up in the air and, you know, guys, being high and low, I think, you know, again, the sky's the limit. This team is very young and very dangerous, um, but I still think they're like a year or two away. In the other games from the night in the bubble, the depleted Raptors defeated the shorthanded Bucks 114-106, to 106, thanks to 25 points from Chris Boucher, as we all expected. The shorthanded Mavs, no Luka, no KP, beat the Jazz, who were actively resting players. The Mavericks got 27 points out of Tim Hardaway Jr. It was really nice to see him kind of break out finally in the bubble. They're going to need him in the playoffs for sure. Remember, we got big games coming up Tuesday night. Ton of games with playoff implications. Rockets, Spurs, Suns, Sixers, no Joel Embiid. The Celtics face the Grizzlies. And the Blazers face the Mavericks, who rested Luca and KP tonight, uh, I'm expecting them to play. This is going to be probably the game of the night tomorrow's Blazers-Mavericks. I can't wait. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We have all your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show with basketball buds, tampering, hoops adjacent, point of contention, and, of course, Nerd or She Wrote. 
We've got House of Strauss. Plus, we have all of our team-specific shows from all of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow the shows that you want to listen to on the app so you get notifications every time a new episode drops. And please, hit us in those comments. We're looking at them. I promise you. We're going to be using those for mailbags in the future. And if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, stop waiting. Go to The Athletic and sign up today. Thank you guys for waking up with us. Trey, take us home. Ding, ding.